listen to the 48 Hours podcast on demand. Real people, real crimes, real life drama. 48 Hours investigates the most intriguing crime and justice cases. Investigators discovered Brown chained up like a dog. We can hear the girl yelling for help. CBS News is bringing investigative reporting and impact journalism. You have this toxic love triangle. It was a crime that rocked this upscale community. The 48 Hours podcast. This case was a true whodunit. Download and subscribe on the new radio.com app or wherever else you get your podcast. Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the Associated Builders and Contractors of Eastern Pennsylvania. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. Longevity in business is kind of rare these days. There's not many companies we meet that are celebrating 50 or more years in business. And it's even more rare to find a colleague who's coming up on their 30th anniversary with the same organization. And that's exactly who our guest is today. We're really thrilled to welcome Chris Pearson. He's an executive vice president with the Tri-M Group. Chris, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Matt. So, Chris, share with us a little bit more about Tri-M. So we're talking about T-R-I-the letter M, the Tri-M Group. How do you explain what the Tri-M Group is to the average person? So the Tri-M Group, I'd say, pretty much does anything building-related that's related to electricity, energy savings, networking, smart building technologies, analytics. We collect a lot of data from buildings and then pour through that data to pull out relevant information that helps that property owner determine where they can save energy or what things need repaired ahead of time. Kind of like the IBM Watson commercial where where someone shows up to work on the elevator and the elevator's still working. Uh, Uh, We do that type of information analysis also. So you kind of help the building owner discover what's going to kind of go amiss before it actually goes amiss. Correct. As close to that as we can. Yeah, gotcha. And I suspect that's not always what Tri-M has focused on or their area of expertise. And I say that only because technology has really evolved since the founding of the company in 1964. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how the company has evolved. But let's start with that moment back in 64. I know that you weren't there in 64, but I suspect you do have some perspective on how the company started. And it might be a good place to start. What does the company name actually mean? So... Tri-M was founded back in 1964 uh, by Tom and Dick Musser. They had a brother, Harry. So it was Tom, Dick, and Harry Musser. Okay. And that's where the name Tri-M came from, Yeah. from the three Musser brothers. It's an interesting story of how the company got started. So our founder, Tom Musser, quit his job on a Friday. He got married on a Saturday. On the following Monday morning with $300, him and his brother started the Tri-M group. And a funny tale that they used to uh, tell is on the way to their first job site, they had an extension ladder on the top of their truck. So they were at their shop, loading up, getting ready to do their first job, drive to the customer site, get out of the truck, and the ladder's gone. So they were in business for five minutes and then out of business <laughs> almost instantaneously. Lost one of their biggest assets. Correct. They're all, pretty funny. much their only asset. Yeah. There was a local farmer who knew the Muster family and knew the Muster boys yep. who found the ladder, brought it to them, and they were back in business. That's great. And where was all this taking place? Somewhere in the greater Philadelphia region? Correct. So Tom is originally from the Unionville area. Okay. Oh, in Chester, Chester County. County. Yep. yep. So that's where the, the company started. Always been located in, in Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania, as far as its main headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, different locations in, in the Kenneth Square area. 
Gotcha. So, and not to delve in too much on this, but it's intriguing to me that Tom gets married on a Saturday and starts a business on a Monday. Was that planned? Or, you know, I think they had this moment of, we're going to start this business. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting married. (laughs) I think it's just the way that it worked out for him and in his life. Yeah. Um, you know, he wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, found the woman of his dreams and it just so happened to fall in line that over the course of that weekend he had, you know, two major events in his life happen. Yeah. It all fell together perfectly for Tom. So we got Tom Musser, Dick Musser, and Harry Musser. I love that. I mean there's probably lots of jokes around Tom, Dick and Harry, right? Are they still with us today? Unfortunately, Tom passed away a little over two years ago. Hmm. Dick and Harry are still around, although yeah. they are not involved with the company anymore. They're still in the Chester County area. Gotcha. And they have to be proud to see the Tri-M vision that the three of them started back in 1964 is living on today with you and your partners who are really leading the company today. So, you know, I know one of the things that you really value, and I want to delve into this a little bit more in a moment, because I really appreciate your story, that you're coming up on 30 years with Tri-M. And the employee engagement that you've seen over your career with Tri-M has to be really incredible. And it says something about the value that your team places on the employees at Tri-M. Yeah, so ever since I started there, it's always been a family culture. And it continues this day. Obviously, we've grown immensely since the start of the company. And as we've grown throughout the years, our, our commitment to our employees has not wavered. It's something that Tom has passed down to us. Mm-hmm. and that we pass down to our management and our employees. We have family barbecues for them. We just had a uh, family picnic out in Lancaster mm-hmm. where all the employees were invited. We're doing holiday turkeys where we give everyone a frozen turkey. Nice. We have an annual holiday party sure. where, again, everyone is invited. You know, the safety of our employees is the number one thing that's important to us as a company. We sure. want everyone to go home the way that they came in in the morning So we provide trading and enforce it on the job site, kind of a brother's keepers mentality to make sure that everyone goes home safely. That makes sense. Everybody's there to look out for each other and to not only go home safely, but maybe even to go home even better than when they came in that morning. Yes. (laughs) That would be (laughs) ideal, right? Absolutely. So folks, we're talking with Chris Pearson. He's one of the principals at Tri-M Group, a company out in Chester County, Pennsylvania. But Chris, you also have operations in other parts of greater Philadelphia. I know you mentioned your headquarters is Kennett Square, Chester County, but where else does Tri-M operate? So we have a office in Quakertown. We've had an office in the Allentown area for probably 20 years, and we recently are moving to Quakertown. We have an office in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, which is probably 35 minutes north of our alma mater, Penn State. Yep. And we have an office in Delaware and a small office in uh, the Baltimore area. That's great. So I love the reach that you have. It goes beyond just the 11-county neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia. It goes further west. It goes further south. And that's uh, an indication of the success that you and your team have, have been seeing at Tri-M. How big is the shop? How many employees uh, are part of the Tri-M family? So across all of our locations, we approximately have 450 employees that work for the Tri-M group. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Yeah, that's really great. So, Chris, I want to dive into a little bit more about your story, because you're coming up on your 30th anniversary as a uh, as an employee of Tri-M. And I'm not sure if you actually positioned it that way yourself, because you started as an intern, which is really cool. Tell us about 
that experience of how you secured the role, where you were in your educational career, and then we can dive into more about you know how that's evolved over the past 30 years or so. So take us back to 1989. Yeah, I'll take it back a little before that. Okay. Hard work always been one of my core values, and it was instilled upon me by my father. My father worked in the mushroom industry and at times would work seven days a week over holidays, what have you. When I was, I think, 12 years old, I had a paper out. Then I worked in the mushroom industry. Then I worked at a gas station. I worked at the retirement community. And then when I graduated high school, I ended up going to uh, Penn State. And my spring semester of my freshman year, my father suggested that I get a summer job that has something to do with what I'm going to school for. Yeah. I was going to school for mechanical engineering. Okay, that makes sense. My father had worked with Tri-M in the past and suggested that I go and apply for the a job at the Triam Group. My first reaction to him was, well, Dad, I'm going for mechanical. Triam is an electrical company. That doesn't make sense. But made one of the best decisions of my life and listened to my father, went ahead and applied and got a summer internship with their building automation systems group, which I had no idea was even part of what Triam had to offer. That's great. I love the journey that you kind of followed as a young person. I also love the fact that, you know, your gut instinct was kind of suggesting you not take your dad's advice. Mm. But in the end, you said, you know what, let me let me at least see what's behind that curtain. And to your surprise, they actually do some work in the mechanical engineering space. So things don't always look like they appear on the outside. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, and I also appreciate the fact that Triam has grown from, you know, this really small shop in Chester County focused on industrial and commercial electrical contracting work to a much more sophisticated type of approach. And, you know, I know one of your kind of approaches that you uh, position the organization as is empowering businesses with smarter facilities. And you touched on a little bit of that earlier. Is there a project for you that kind of stands out that really brings that concept to life or building or uh, an initiative that your team has been part of? Yeah, Lowen Gardens is obviously one of the premier uh, locations in the country, if not around the world, yep. for their gardens and their fountains. I think their fountains were first operational back in the 1930s, hmm. and that same equipment served the fountains up until a few years ago. Wow. Uh, they decided to basically replace their entire fountain garden with new equipment, new fountains, and we were fortunate enough to be part of that project. What's amazing is over the course of the two and a half years that it took to do that job, when you're out there visiting the gardens, you wouldn't know how much tunnel, how much mechanical equipment, how much electrical equipment is running right underneath you in service tunnels right. that actually makes that whole fountain garden work. I bet. That's got to be pretty cool. You know, that whole behind the scenes type of experience that the average visitor kind of just takes for granted, but it really is the core of what makes Longwood Gardens operate at least from the mechanical, the electrical component of this that complements all the beautiful greenery that they present as well. Was there a challenge to that job? Did you look at that and say, wow, I'm not sure we can handle this one? Well, just the the mere size of it, the fountains themselves rival the Bellagio out in Las Vegas. So for us, we're putting in, from a lighting perspective, as it pertains to the show, we're putting in some new technology that really hasn't been used before to almost give you an infinite amount of light color. So from a technical standpoint, there was making sure that everything was working and then working with the other team members when problems arose to address them and make sure that Longwood could deliver to the public the same or better experience that they had for 70, 80 years beforehand. 
And that's a tall order to fill, literally. And I love your analogy of the Bellagio. For those who may be familiar with this beautiful casino in Las Vegas, they have a beautiful light show and the water shoots, you know, probably a mile up into the air. Not quite, but it feels that way. And it's all lit up. And the fact that Longwood Gardens is able to bring a similar kind of experience. And I should share that for those who may not be as familiar, although I would suspect that many listeners are, Longwood Gardens is this iconic facility in Chester County and a real destination for visitors from around the world. And you have to be, and the whole team at Tri-M has to be proud to have been able to work on a project of this magnitude where people from around the world and around the country come and appreciate, yes, the, the fountains, but it's your work that they're appreciating. Yeah, we we played a major role in that project, and Longwood Gardens has been a, a Tri-M customer since the late 1960s. So we've had an ongoing relationship with them and when their need arises to do a, a major capital project, we're there to, to help them out. It's also nice for our employees because our office is literally a mile from Lo- from Loma Gardens. Right. So a lot of our employees and staff have garden passes or year-long passes, and um, it's not uncommon to, to go there during the week and have a Triumph employee walking around the gardens or enjoying the, uh, the beauty of the Loma Gardens. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell there has to be a passion there for your your colleagues who really embrace not only their work, but the work of an institution like Longwood that they really feel a connection with. Mm. That's really great. So folks, we're talking with Chris Pearson. He's executive vice president at the Tri-M Group. And you know he's had a really stellar and interesting growth career over the past 30 years with Tri-M, having started actually still as a student at Penn State as a mechanical engineering major, and ended up with a great internship with Tri-M, and uh, it's blossomed into a really significant opportunity. And I do want to mention this, and I hope you're comfortable with this, Chris, that a couple years ago, you actually were offered a pretty unique opportunity to become more than just an employee. And I was hoping you could share a little bit more with us about that. Yeah. One of the things that we pride ourselves on in Tri-M is to have career opportunities for all of our employees. And if you look at my story, I'm a perfect example of that. I came in as an intern, a summer intern for four years through college, ended up getting a full-time job there, starting out as assistant project engineer, worked my way up through engineering. And this was, and I can't emphasize this enough, what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I put a lot of hard work and effort in to move up in the organization. So over the years, I've had different positions. Uh, Previous position I was in was vice president of our building automation systems group. Mm -hmm. Approximately three years ago, Tom Musser and Jim Horn, who's the other partner in the business, Mm -hmm. decided that it was time to bring in a couple of new partners and they offered my they offered me to be a partner yeah. in the business which you know I, I gladly accepted absolutely that's that's amazing actually I, I only say this because to think back to where you were you know as a 19 year old or so back in 89 and then fast forward to 2016 and you're sitting in front of one of the founders of the company who says hey Chris you're such a great asset to the team. How would you like to be one of the owners, one of the partners of the operation? That, that's really, you get chills when you hear stories like that. Yeah, it's been an unbelievable experience. And you look back to 1989, and one of the things that went through my head, in addition to the electrical versus mechanical, was at the time, DuPont was flourishing. You had a lot of other major companies flourishing in the area. And one of the decisions I had to make was, do I want to be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? Mm -hmm. 
And I felt at the time that I could have a much greater impact working for a company like Tri-M mm -hmm. than I could a much larger company. It's really paid off. There's countless examples of that throughout Tri-M. Uh, my other partner, Ron Bogus, started out as an apprentice in the field right. and has worked his way up, and he's now one of the three partners in the business. That's great. Uh, a lot of our managers, project managers, operations managers, they all came from the field yep. and worked their way up. So it's not just about a job yep. at Tri-M. It's about having a career in a place where you can constantly grow yep. in your profession. You can move from the field to the office, and the possibilities are unlimited. You know, there's going to be other partners besides the three of us down the road, and they're at Triumph today. Yeah, that's a really uh, that's a really compelling story to know that a company embraces their employees the way they do. And I want to use this actually as a pivot point uh, and ask you how you work with, if you will, young people. So, you know, it could be a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old or a 23-year-old who comes to you for career advice. And and maybe they're interested in a four-year traditional college, but maybe they're not. Maybe that's not the right fit for them. And I suspect you have a lot of colleagues at Tri-M that maybe haven't gone down that traditional four-year path. What kind of advice do you give a young person who's thinking about working in the electrical, mechanical engineering space or at the type of company that Tri-M is today, a, a real family-focused, customer-oriented, unique provider of service. Well, the first piece of advice I give is you have to be happy with what you're doing. And like you had mentioned, for some kids, that is going to college, having a four-year degree, and going into a professional line of work. But that's not the case for every person. And there are a lot of uh, people who like to work with their hands and build things and make things. And pieces of advice that I give to someone who is looking in that direction or looking towards a career in uh, skilled trades mm -hmm. is, you know, you can come and work at Tri-M. Tri-M will put you through an apprenticeship program. We'll pay for that apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. So after four years, you're going to have your journey person's license you're not going to have the debt of school. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that journey's person's license and continue to work at Tri-M, which is what we hope. But we've, we've had a lot of people who've spun off and started their own businesses right? once they have that uh, journeyman's paper. Yeah. Additionally, if you come and you start in the field, that doesn't mean you have to spend your entire career there. Right. You can certainly do that, and we need people to do that. But if you have interest beyond that, mm -hmm. project management, potentially engineering, operations management, all of those opportunities are available and hard work, dedication, you know, going the extra mile is absolutely rewarded and provides opportunities for people to expand their careers in ways they may not even be thinking about when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And the beauty of that advice is you are really a living example of it. I mean, you can point to your own career path and how you navigated that over time to achieve the level of success that you've seen as a partner at Tri-M, which is really cool. Talk with us a little bit more about some of those challenges. You know, it's a nice segue when we talk about young people who are thinking about the workforce and, you know, do they consider a four-year college degree path or even higher, or are they considering this journeyman's path or somewhere in between? What's the job picture? like right now in your industry? So right now our industry is faced with a skilled labor shortage. Mm. That's been the case for the last couple of years and it's going to continue to be the case going forward because you have a lot of baby boomers who are 
about to retire mm-hmm. and are leaving the skilled trades and you don't have the numbers coming in to backfill them. So one of the things that we need to do, and this is not just as Triam, but other construction outfits, mm-hmm. um, construction industries is to start educating children and their parents mm-hmm. and schools about the different types of careers that are out there yep. that are not necessarily the four-year college route. So I just want to drill down on that for a moment, because I think you're absolutely right about the awareness. You know, many young people aren't even aware of certain paths, but are there other kind of levers there that are causing this lack of engagement by a young person to choose the construction, electrical, other vocational paths? In other words, this is one of the ways I kind of position this. Is it just not cool to some young people, or they don't even know it's cool because they don't even know about it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, the, of both of them. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, we had shop. Yeah. We had wood shop. We had metal shop. We had drafting. I was the kind of kid, I, I did go through engineering, but I loved wood shop. Yeah. I think I had three years of wood shop. I built a desk that I still have in my house today that my daughter uses in her bedroom. Cool. I don't know how much of that is being promoted today and how much of that has been cut back. Right. Because of uh, funding for for schools. Yeah. So I don't want to take you too far back to your awkward high school days, Chris, but I know in my high school and in even my kids' high school, you know, there's a stigma. I don't think that's too strong of a phrase to use when describing, you know, you got your shop kids and then you got your athletes and you got other, you know, pockets of folks. And did that exist, you know, back in the late 80s, mid 80s when you were going through high school? I mean, did you feel that? Did you feel like you were a shop kid or did you just feel like, no, I like shop. I'm going to do this. So for me personally, I liked it. So I did it. Yeah. I know that at the time, I'm sure there were, you know, these are the shop kids and these are the non-shop kids. Non-shop kids. (laughs) Right. Where I kind of, I kind of fell in between. Right. You know, I always like working with my hands, but I also like, you know, the academic side of things too. Right. I think over the past 30 years, there's been a major push to put kids into college. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's something that we, again, need to educate not only families, but we need to start working with high schools and middle schools and guidance counselors and Mm -hmm. let them know that there are plenty of examples like me out there who started at the very entrance level at a company and are now owners of a company. Right. So we need to get that story across. We need to get enthusiasm about working in skilled labor. Yeah. And- the type of careers that people can have going down that route. Yeah. And I do want to dive into that just a little bit more, Chris, because I find it intriguing that, um, you know, you're reminding me that it's not a new concept, but actions have consequences, right? So one of the consequences of encouraging young people for the past 30 years or so to kind of go down this traditional four-year college path is that there's now potentially in certain industries a, a glut of trained or even interested candidates who are thinking about entering a particular industry sector because we just haven't exposed enough people to this particular path. And it's not necessarily a bad consequence. It's just a consequence. I mean, it's a good and bad, depending on, on your perspective on the on the issue. 
And where I'm going with all this is where we kind of started out earlier in our conversation. And I love the fact that your dad worked in the mushroom industry in Kennett Square, Chester County. And for those who may not be aware, Kennett Square is like the mushroom capital of the world. I think 60% of the world's mushrooms are produced and distributed from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. It's a pretty cool fun fact about greater Philadelphia. And I'm diving into this because I'd love to get your perspective on growing up in Chester County and in greater Philadelphia and who that made you today. So I come from a family who's got a very strong work ethic Mm -hmm. with my father uh, being in the mushroom industry and how prevalent that is in Southern Chester County, which is where I'm originally from. Yeah. That really shaped me as far as my work ethic and how I approach things. Not only that, but my experience working at a young age Mm -hmm. and working in different industries for example, the mushroom industry, mm-hmm. it's hard work. Absolutely. And it, it helped you appreciate work. Yeah, it helped, it helped me appreciate work, and it helped me appreciate the amount of work you had to put in to be successful in the mushroom industry. Yeah. And also, quite frankly, told me at a very young age that I didn't want to be involved in the mushroom industry. Right, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I wanted to try a different path and go to a different company. You know, I personally chose to go to college. Yeah. And I don't regret that decision. Yeah. The experience that I've had at Tri-M is invaluable. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that whether I had a college degree or didn't have a college degree, if I came in through the, the trades, I would be in the same position I am today because Tri-M provided the opportunities, but it was each individual's hard work, dedication, motivation that opens up the door for them to move further and further and further in their career. Yeah, totally. It's one thing to have the opportunity. It's a totally other thing to take and shape that opportunity into something that you've actually been really successful in doing throughout your career. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit because you've had the privilege of working in different geographies, Lock Haven and Quakertown and Kennett Square and down in the greater Baltimore region as well. What do you love about greater Philadelphia? From a personal standpoint or from a business standpoint? It could be both. Yeah. You really get an appreciation for the greater Philadelphia area when you go outside of the greater Philadelphia area. Totally true. And that's not to knock on any other areas that we do work in or any other part of the state. But the Philadelphia area is so rich in the number of businesses, Mm -hmm. the number of colleges, the diversity of businesses. You're not locked into one vertical market when you're doing business in the Philadelphia region. Pretty much all vertical markets are covered, and not only just covered, but they're covered with quality companies mm-hmm. that you don't find everywhere. So from from my aspect of it, from a business side of things, there's no better place to have a business because of the opportunities that are available mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia area. And secondly, I mentioned colleges and universities, but so many of them within probably a 20 mile, 30 mile radius of where we are, we have partnered with them on co-op programs, internships. That's how I came into the company. Yep. And we continue to do that every year with the Drexels, Wideners, mm-hmm. Penn States. You know, they've got Brain and Wine Campus, which is right in the Philadelphia. Sure. Closer to my area. Yeah, right. Philadelphia region. Right. And we find that a great way of bringing employees on board. Yeah. You know, it's a win-win for uh, the employee because they get to try something and see if they like it. Yeah. And if they don't like it, they've had that experience, they can try something else. And from the employer's standpoint, you get to see whether that person is a cultural fit. Yeah, totally. And that's probably the, 
the most important thing is, does that person fit your culture? Yep. And does that industry fit their professional interests as well? So you're right. Those internships are a win-win for everybody. And we here at Select Greater Philadelphia, we're all about business attraction, trying to bring new companies to the greater Philadelphia region, as you know. And one of the things we often tout is the depth of colleges, universities, and institutions of higher learning who are preparing our workforce of tomorrow. So I'm really glad that you appreciate that as we do. How about personally? What do you love about the greater Philadelphia region? Do you make it into Center City? Do you spend most of your time in Delaware or Chester County? Because there's no neighborhood that's a horrible neighborhood in our community, for sure. Now, so growing up, I was a huge, huge Phillies fan. Yeah. Back in the days of uh, Steve Carlton. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, Pete Rose, when Pete Rose came on board. Yeah, sure. The 80. World he, champion. I, yeah, right. I think he joined team. in 79. Yeah. Yep. And, and they won in 80. They won in 80. Yeah. And we would go to the ballpark when I was young. Yeah. And the stands would uh, pretty much be empty. Yeah. And then unless Steve Carlton was pitching, there was always a, you know, yeah. a big gathering. Once Pete Rose came on board, you know, the Phillies just, just took off. Yeah. So from a sports atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the area. For me, it's a 45 minute drive to go see a professional ball game. Mm-hmm. We don't see many professional football games, but again, that's 35 minutes. Yeah. With the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. Even a little further south, we've seen professional uh, soccer played there. We've yeah. seen the women's national team played there. But I, for the most part, I spend the majority of my time in the Southern Chester County, Delaware areas. Yeah, yeah makes um, sense. Yeah. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about this region is, like I said, I'm 45 minutes from Philadelphia. I'm an hour from Baltimore. Yeah. And I can be in New York City in two hours. Yeah. The access and proximity is tremendous. And and to your point, there's something for everybody in this neighborhood. There really is. You know, if you want to go to the beach, if you want to go to the mountains, if you want to go to sporting events or art exhibits or other kinds of uh, restaurants and, and cultural activities, it's robust as we are so fortunate to appreciate. And you really touched on something that's near and dear to me, Chris, and that is um, most people don't appreciate how special greater Philadelphia is until you have a chance to compare it to other regions. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not a knock to your point on those other regions. It just really comes to life when you're like, wow, we actually really have it really good in greater Philadelphia. And if we can appreciate that even more than sometimes we often do is is really key for us. So, Chris, Tri-M Group has actually seen really steady growth over its 50 plus year history. Share with us what you think some of that secret to success is. Well, it started off with two brothers doing electrical construction work, commercial, industrial type work. And they really treated customers right and took care of customers and took care of the people working for them. And that was really their secret of of success. Over the years, as the company grew, Tom was a a visionary. Yeah. And as different customers came up with different needs, Tom worked to address those needs. So when the oil embargo happened in the 70s, which I was too young to buy gas, but... I do you remember have, you hearing have, about it. You didn't have to wait in any lines, right? No, I didn't have to wait in any lines. <laughs> he started our what's now our building automation group. Okay. To, and the purpose of that when it was started was to save customers energy because energy was skyrocketing. Right. As time went on and networks became a need for customers, he started our network services group. Okay. Who put structured cabling in and supported customers from that aspect. Further down the road card access, which you pretty much see every day, IP video surveillance, mm-hmm. which is all over the place. When that need arose, he started a group, a security group, to address those needs. Wow. We started a service group for 24-7 service. So the way the business 
grew over those 55 years, not only grew based on volume of doing construction work, but also grew based on diversity of of our offerings. Right. And that diversity really stems from our customers' needs and taking care of our customers. So, Chris, you were sharing with us that Tri-M, really, it was Tom and Dick Musser. And Tom, when he was with us, really seemed to have this passion for an entrepreneurial spirit that inspired others in the company. And it really helped with people to adapt to what their customers were seeking. Is that fair? Yeah, that is that was Tom. That was his vision. And we like to think that we we carry on that vision. We started our analyst group and the broadcast. Yeah. That's the next evolution of our offerings to our customers to keep up with the digital age and, and mass data. And we're always looking to expand our services to meet our customers' needs. Share with me the name of that group that you just referenced again. We call it our analytics group. Okay. And in that spirit, is there a group, because you mentioned two or three, you know, a card reading group and a a fiber optic, I think, or another kind of cabling group. Take us back to that moment. Maybe it was in the 90s. Maybe it was in the early 2000s when you saw Tom kind of in action and inspired you and others within Tri-M to say, you know what? He's right. We should embrace this. And and there, there probably wasn't easy to necessarily adapt a new product line or a new you know focus area, but but he did it, and the team followed him. Talk with us a little bit more about that because it's pretty intriguing. Tom was the type of person who didn't like to say no. He um, he approached challenges and conquered them. And throughout the years working with Tom, as different things came up, Tom would say, "Yeah, we're going to do this," mm-hmm. and the troops would rally around him. And we figured out how to do it. And from that sprung these other parts of the business and this other diversity. So, you know, Tom was really, he was really a visionary, really an entrepreneur. And when he said we were going to do it, we found a way to do it. Yeah, that's great. I don't want to put you on the spot with this question, but is there one example that stands out for you? Like, you know, when he came into a meeting and said, we're going to start a new unit on card readers. Is there a moment that stands out as an example in the story you can tell about how that all came together? I do, but it didn't turn out too well. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You know why? Because we learn from those experiences, you know? So when the Marcellus Shale started to open up Mm -hmm. and gas companies came in and started fracking, Tom saw that as a huge opportunity. Yep. And as a result, opened the office in Lockhaven to support those needs. He also took a chance on some additional communication opportunities for areas in central Pennsylvania where you don't have cell service or you don't have internet service mm-hmm. and started a venture providing those types of services for those industries that are in the area. The Lockhaven office turned out to be a, a big success for Tri-M. Yeah. The communication side of things that were started up didn't work out so well. Right. So it just goes to show that even the most successful people that you look at, they've they've had their share of successes, but they also had some failures. That's right. And that's how they learn and that's how they keep moving forward and getting better and better. That's right. And most really successful entrepreneurs have failed multiple times before they hit that moment of success. And it sounds like your team at Tri-M and Tom certainly embodies uh, some of that entrepreneurial spirit. 
Folks, we've been speaking with Chris Pearson. He's a partner at the Tri-M Group, and he's representing the 450 plus or minus employees of Tri-M. Tri-M is actually coming up on its 55th anniversary in 2019. That's an amazing story in and of itself. And Chris has been a big part of that because for the last 30 years, Chris has been navigating his career and it came to a real special moment in 2017 when he was offered and accepted the opportunity to become one of the partners of Tri-M. And Chris, it's been really great to hear your story and to hear the story of the Tri-M group. And we're just really thrilled that you took time out to join us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank. You know, the Citizens Bank team, they bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its full potential, visit citizensbank.com backslash commercial. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts at radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Every Sunday, Face the Nation brings you in-depth interviews with the biggest names in Washington. Kellyanne Conway, Nancy Pelosi, Lindsey Graham, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You'll never miss an episode with the weekly podcast from CBS News Radio. Tune in to hear moderator Margaret Brennan and the country's top policymakers discuss today's toughest issues. What is going on? Is this political conspiracy or is this just incompetence? The Face the Nation podcast. Download and subscribe at the newradio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts.